0: Hey, listening friends, I'm your host and coach Laura Malone. As an entrepreneur and leader, wife and mom, teacher and creator, I am showing up to share possibility with you and help you find vision and wisdom because you deserve to be equipped and released as the hero of your own story. Coaching really does help you change your life. And if you want to know how to guide yourself and others well, I created this podcast just for you. It's a place where you can grab tools, teachings, and ideas for both personal and spiritual growth, as well as entrepreneurship and coaching—if that's your thing. So as you listen in, I pray I can help you create a legacy of impact and really start writing the story of a life you love living. Now let's jump into today's episode. Okay, friends. Today we're in a conversation with a life coaching friend of mine, Tony Lamoria. And It's going to be two parts because we went long, there's a lot to say, (laughs) and make sure you check out this second part, the next episode, where we talk about the Enneagram, we talk about thought life work with the pearl practice, uh, we talk about bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth through God's original design. But today, we're talking about being trauma-informed as a coach, not necessarily being a trauma coach, not stepping into counseling, but having an awareness of the landscape of trauma within your client's lives, being able to pick up on those red flags, knowing when to refer out, you know, just basically staying in your lane, how counseling can flow into coaching and really identifying the joy of doing the work around your purpose and your calling. All right, so let me introduce you to coach Tony LaMoria hey tony thanks for joining us and we have quite a connected storyline between the two of us you know five totally kids yeah. married for quite a while crisis <laughs> yep. work in multiple areas and um just this passion for the modern day discipleship of life coaching and yes. serving yes. people alongside of jesus right
1: yeah so- absolutely
0: I would love for you to take a minute and introduce yourself and share a little bit, like a quick overview of your journey into coaching. And also, I know that you done counseling before coaching. So tell us a little bit about why you wanted to add coaching into the counseling background that you already have, the pastoral work. So how is that serving you and the people in your spheres of influence? So
1: okay yeah so'll give a little brief overview here of all that okay so um I started out yes in um counseling work and before that I was a youth pastor for a while and then went and uh went to seminary got a counseling degree my idea was to be a discipleship pastor and just work with people that way um I came out of the military right before that as well and so I had some undiagnosed trauma issues myself and I dealt with those but I really, Um, had to deal with those on my own at the time, just because there weren't a lot of people around me recognizing what was going on with me. And so there wasn't a lot um, pointing me towards the resources that I needed. So I had to work through some of that, a lot of that alone, right at the end, I did get some professional, professional help, and that made a huge difference in my life. So on top of, of counseling, being in ministry as a pastor, and then having a family of my own, Um, I began to see how uh, really how everything played together, right? And thinking about discipleship and we're not disciples walking alone in life and just seeing that there's always so much around us and hearing in scripture that we're not alone, not only our father and our savior being with us, but also having so many other people around us who can help us. And so I began to think, Uh, through my counseling process and through my own family experiences, thinking, you know, why can't we make discipleship a little bit more practical in the sense of an everyday living experience where it's not, where the idea of discipleship isn't so dependent on a structured program coming from a church or an institution, right? How do we get it, there's there's churches out there and there's programs that are you know parachurch ministries that are doing great things the awesome programs out there but what I was just noticing in, in counseling especially is that like these are discipleship issues and we're we're in bondage to things in our life that we have the answers for but we're not being given the answers we're not being given the um the word the relationship in a way that, Just comes down to our our real practical daily life living, and so through the pursuit of just trying to figure out how to be better at that, life coaching came into my radar, right? And um, I realized that there's a a difference between therapy, mental health therapy, and um, and life coaching. Most of the time, from my understanding, I'll say from my understanding, so I don't offend anybody because I don't know what everybody else's understanding is, but. Mental health therapy is more of a healing process. We're doing things to heal systems, to heal an internal system, maybe, or an external system. Um, But really, healing is the emphasis. And a lot of healing is backward focused. We need to go back. We need to figure some things out. And that's good. That's biblical. Um, But life coaching is really for when we do have some healing, we're on some good ground, some solid ground. My understanding is it takes us forward. It really says okay we've got it let's let's go on let's look keep our eyes focused on the prize and let's move forward in life yeah um but also with somebody who's got just a little bit more it doesn't have to be an expert but just a little bit more skill in this or has been there or whatever to walk with us and that really intrigued me because i wanted to help people again with this idea of applying god's wisdom to to practical life and i should say god's practical wisdom practical life. And that's discipleship. So that's what drew me towards it. And, and I felt there's still time to do healing. And I love doing counseling and healing with people, but I love doing life coaching for people who are ready to not just be freed from whatever bondage, but become great stewards of the life that God has given them. And they're excited to do that.
0: It's So good. So how do you connect counseling and coaching yourself? Do you coach any of your counseling clients or do any of those things intersect
1: yeah so over time you know i've i've created kind of my own model i call it the image born life model and from that uh, that there's three key points in that that i that i work through and yeah they work in both places because again, I tried to look at the discipleship process. It's just really big. We're gonna keep. I'm gonna keep saying the word discipleship over and over again. And there's therapy, there's life coaching, um, and then there's discipleship. But I really believe that what we're doing as Christians, as image bearers, is we're trying to apply God's wisdom to our life wherever it's needed. So, in looking at that and trying to say, well, what has God done? What has God given us? And a lot of people have done that again really well but I tried to take my education from the counseling world and then life coaching models that I, that I really respect. And I tried to put something together and it does, it works for God's word works everywhere. We just have to be um, wise and trained in how to use it sometimes. Right. And so the model I use, yes, I do use the, what I call um, the, the truth purpose identity. I call that my chi factor. Um, the truth, purpose, identity, and then the, uh, rescue, redeem, restore narrative, looking at whatever the issue is in front of us. And that works both in healing and it works in forward moving life coaching.
0: When you're counseling, do you ever invite them to move on into coaching work?
1: No, I think there's, um, um, I might suggest to them that coaching is the next step for them. I think there's some ethical issues for us when we're, when we're both, when we're both a therapist and a, a life coach, to be careful, not confuse it for people there. Different states have different regulations and I've been in several different states. So, but I will tell people, say, you know what we're going to do today? This this feels more like kind of a life coaching thing. So I'm going to take your hand here today, and but I really distinguish for them that we're going to move from the healing process of what we've been doing into a life coaching for the day, right? Because okay. I want to help you have okay. some forward focus. And I feel like we really need to work on some purpose issues today. And purpose is, is very much a life coaching thing. So good.
0: So you stay in the counseling space, but you invite them based on the session where they're at and the work that you see yourself doing with them. You invite them into a day of coaching, like a session of coaching. And you're very clear about, you know, specifically, this is what we're going after. We're looking at your purpose. We're not going backwards. We're not doing healing today, but we're looking at your forward purpose in this session. Yeah. Only, but that means that next session, we're coming right back to where, where we need to go. And within the counseling space,
1: we may need to right? Okay. but there are like, I have clients that I just take on as, as life coaching clients. Sure. And so that will always be that. And right. We, again, we won't confuse it.
0: It's almost like, I hear what you're saying. I know that some coaches are counselors that mm-hmm. kind of add coaching and sometimes blend it in their own personal way. That's not Mm -hmm. my, I I don't have anything to speak into that, but um, there's counseling that can move forward into coaching and you can add some coaching into it because it's forward and it's almost like coaching is influencing the counseling sessions with just some extra tools. You have extra strategies that are forward moving inside of the counseling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, like your, you know, like your pearl, method, right? Yeah. Or should we call a pro it a practice. model? Pro? Okay. Yeah. But regardless that, that, that instrument, that tool, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that can work in both. It's just an excellent, it's just an excellent tool to help people understand. And you know, you can see using it maybe in a healing and in a traumatic environment, right? What is your worldview? How are you seeing this thing? What is that worldview doing in you? And what is it producing as far as the emotions that you're experiencing? And then how are you behaving based from that? Right. And then the results and, and right. Right. Um, so we can use that in both places. And yeah, I just, I just want to say yeah, absolutely um, these skills can be used in, in both places. Just want to be careful and let everybody know, you know, I don't know what your, your clinic rules are or your, uh, you know, even your state laws are. So just be careful right. with that. But, but yeah, I totally, I totally would move people forward all the time. And I think that's the best thing to do if people are ready for it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the goal right we want to right. get people to that place definitely to move forward and live the life you were designed to live that's the exciting and, part
0: and then you have on the side of coaching where as a coach you can learn how to be more trauma informed more aware of the landscape that your clients are dealing with so that you can catch some of the red flags that say hey this is not a coaching space this is this would be a counseling issue this would be looking into the past this would be a healing situation and it's time to refer out and be have a referring out process set in place as a coach so that you immediately know what to do and you have kind of some resources for your clients that you can say i have some great contacts here this would be a great place for you to go this is this scenario that you're bringing up that we keep coming back to is not really a coaching scenario it's outside of my qualifications, my expertise, my ability. So, I want to help you get the help you need in this area. And so, it's kind of like coach counseling can progress into coaching. And sometimes coaching can be a place where people find out it's necessary to progress into counseling and they absolutely can really benefit one another.
1: Yeah. And we don't need to stop, right? We don't, we right. can, once we hand off and say, this is not an issue for here, but we can keep working on the issues we're working on. And, yeah. and do life coaching, so and good. the person will, yeah, be able to to tell that for themselves. We live, we live in such a great time for trauma research. It's just exploding, and so many great researchers have come up, and so many great books have come out. So there's so many things that we can learn. And for life coaches, I just recommend you know going out and getting a few books, at least the book "The Body Keeps the Score" by Bessel Ves- van der Kooke, One of my right? favorite. Yeah, oh. and just just begin to understand the landscape so that. This this analogy of kind of like walking through a field, right? Everything looks green and beautiful. And if we're not trained, we just see greenery. But if we have been trained to identify different plants, we can say, oh, that's poison ivy. I'm going to really make sure I stay on this path here and not step too far off. Or I'm going to even step over the things that cross the path, just to be sure. So just to understand the landscape, but not necessarily to work with it, just so we feel more confident. But some of those things then coming up... um, we know about somatic experiencing. What that means uh, for people who maybe don't understand that term is that people can get into a place emotionally and mentally where their body begins to manifest some kind of behavior that's not normal, that's not healthy. And we can see that. You can see an energy change in people, and their body is wanting to do something, and it's not, it's not. Um, consistent with what we're talking about or what's going on. And so maybe if we see sometimes some physical energy within a body that people aren't even aware of themselves, but it looks really anxious or really potential, meaning like it looks like it's, like it really wants to go somewhere. It wants to do something that can be an indicator for us that there's something there in the content for the person. And maybe the way we can test that is just by backing off that content. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, one of the skills that we that we've known works, if if somebody's too emotionally energized, we want to ask them factual questions, get away from the emotion and just ask some factual questions, um, open ended or closed ended. It doesn't matter, but just get to the facts. If they're if they're too inside their head and they're avoiding something, then we ask them some emotional questions, try to pull them out of just the headspace and into that. So there's some ways to maybe change some direction.
0: And that um, just helps them come back to center, come yeah. back to the work that we are doing, because maybe your body, your mind, your emotions are wanting to go somewhere else. Let's let's pull it back, redirect a little bit. And as a coach, to have the tools to be able to recognize again, like you said, understanding, being aware of the landscape. When you have the tool, the just the ability to recognize that what's what is happening in your client's body language or you see that the yeah. build up of maybe they're they're smiling but you can see their their fists start to clench and like mm-hmm. kind and they of may a, not
1: even be aware of it
0: they don't even know but you're watching it happen yeah. this is i mean it's yeah. something i experience not just with clients but uh, teenagers <laughs> i yeah. you oh i'm, I'm watching what's happening you're not aware of it
1: <laughs> but yeah. you can
0: see that change or you can see emotion coming and you are like you said your client is not always aware of mm-hmm. what they're experiencing but you can navigate if you understand the landscape you know how to stay on a path or bring them back onto a path if you're more mm-hmm. aware right
1: right yeah exactly um just another quick one there for that, too. I think a lot of times what we do is we can um, see a client begin to um, an otherwise very intelligent, very articulate person, always around a certain area, start to not have a vocabulary for experience or for explaining or articulating an experience. Mm-hmm. And if we begin to not always. Right. But that can be a red flag. Say, you know, maybe maybe that's something, you know, you can you can pursue uh, with someone else. Right. Talking about what's going on there, because I know you're a very intelligent person, but you seem to have a block there for you. And maybe that's not for this landscape right here for us. So let's continue on with this other thing. That's Um, that's that's another big red flag, I think.
0: Yeah. And this this red flag isn't, hey, there's something wrong with your client. This red flag
1: is outside
0: of your purview of what your coaching agreement is, what you've agreed to bring into this space and this session you're recognizing a red flag says, don't go here. This is not yours to do.
1: Yeah. One of the things I love about life coaching is talking about holding space for our clients. Right. And I think that's what you're talking about. We have a contract to hold a space for our clients in a certain way. And we, that means we have the capability and the professionalism to, to discern how to do that well. And if something comes into that space that like, that's not what we agreed to be able to hold. I, I know that I'm not capable of holding that for you. That's the red flag. It's the red flag for that contractual relationship we have with our clients to care for them. Right. Not not about them. I love that you said that. Thank you.
0: And also, if you go down a road, you're not meant to go into, right? It's not mm-hmm. in your agreement. It's not what you're supposed to be holding space to. Then you risk losing the results you were agree- agreeing to go reach, Right. You risk not accessing the forward movement that you do have the ability and the tools and the calling and the agreement to help your client move towards. So it's yeah. it's part of the coach's agreement to stay on track and not go into a different direction, especially if they're not really qualified to go that direction. So I just want to, yeah, I think this is a great conversation because a lot of coaches, I think, don't know how to, um, not with, at least without some trial and error and experience, a lot of coaches might not understand how to recognize and be trauma informed. And if maybe even don't even recognize it in themselves, if they mm-hmm. haven't done any of that work for themselves, but to have that language to, you, know, you said you had some more resources, some other books that you would suggest that they could look into and glean from just to give Again, this isn't so that you become a trauma coach, (laughs) which I will say, um, I think very few people should be trauma coaches. I know that there's some out there, but I think that if that Mm. was the work you were going to do, it requires some specialized training Mm. and not just something that you can jump into because we want to do no harm. And if you are not fully equipped to be able to recognize and understand where the line is, it's not a fine line to me. It's a very clear, dark, wide line.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree.
0: Very clear about and say, you've reached this point of healing through trauma. And it would be something that I think a beautiful relationship between a counselor and a coach where the counselor could actually say, I see that you've worked, we've worked through here. We've worked through this trauma. We've processed here. I feel like you've gotten a great measure of healing. What do you think about, going doing some coach coaching work with someone who is trauma informed and understands the place you're coming from which is like kind of like what you do you would be able to do both mm-hmm. with an understanding of someone who's experienced something traumatic or dealt with PTSD things like that
1: which yeah is- well you asked me a bunch of things there i well, yeah. at least in the in the, <laughs> at the beginning of that there was another question so Um, I was thinking, um, I'll give four specific books here. And again, like you said, not for the purpose of becoming a trauma therapist, right? But just understanding the landscape a little bit better. So number one is Trauma Stewardship, An Everyday Guide to Caring for Self While Caring for Others. And it's a great book because it just describes a little bit about what's out there and helps you recognize things. And especially as you A lot of us don't understand that things are affecting us sometimes. So being more aware of what's happening with us when we walk out of a session sometimes and be like, I just feel a little unsettled and being aware of that, right? There's another great book that goes along with that called The Parallel Process, Growing Alongside Your Adolescent or Young Adult Child in Treatment. Another uh, two great books, especially for those who may be living next to military communities as I do um, and dealing with PTSD in those formats, um, Odysseus in America, and Achilles in Vietnam, just about the experience of people who are coming back from those kind of environments, and what they're, what they are experiencing in their lives. So just good for understanding the landscape of what's out there. Um, right. Going back to what you said a minute ago about us staying kind of in our lane, right, in our profession, I wanted to mention First Peter 4.10, because it, it speaks to that within the biblical context, and I, I think we all need to remember this. Is, uh, Peter is writing there and he says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Right? And so the idea that we've been given specific things and God has equipped his church, he hasn't given you everything. He hasn't given me everything. And we need to rely on, on the church, but we do have specific gifts he's given us to be faithful stewards of that. Just really hone in on that and do our thing. And it's interesting because at the beginning of first Peter, He's saying, have the same attitude of Christ, which is humility. And then he directly compares that immediately to the reckless and wild living of the unredeemed world. And we we don't just have to look at partiers and, you know, what we might think of, you know, college life for the reckless and wild living. We can look at professionals out there who are living reckless and wild lives in their professions because, you know, they're they're chasing something different than what we are. So we have a really... We have a really um, maybe a serious um, mandate to go out as redeemed image bearers, redeemed life coaches into this world and be faithful stewards of the, the bit that we've been given.
0: So good. Yeah, I, I have to say life coaching is literally in my life, my favorite thing I've ever done.
1: It changes our life. Doesn't it? It really does. It changed my life. It got me super excited about my goal is to see people set free from whatever they're in bondage. And that's the big goal. Mm -hmm. Then under that specifically in, in life coaching is to help people become better stewards of whatever passion God has given them, especially Christians. So I, I try to work specifically with Christians, but God has given us all so much as the church. He's given us something. And so many of us sit back and we don't know what to do with it. We don't know how to get started. We feel insignificant. We want more. We want to do more. We want to be a part of more. And so we invest in in structured programs in our churches and other things, right? But then when those are done, we just kind of feel like, what now? And I feel that's a tragic story for so many of us. We should have this passion inside of us like you do to start my thing, to go out and to see people affected by it. Because whatever God has put inside of us it's meant to change us, but to radically transform the world around us as well. And people are waiting for you guys. Right? Right. They're waiting for us to get out there. They need what we have. Mm-hmm. They don't even know it yet. They don't. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. I have, um, I think when I work with clients that are solely focused on I don't know, creating a legacy for themselves. There's a massive difference between that and those who want to create a legacy that affects the world around them. There's just more of a a purpose and a passion and a fulfillment for people who are wanting to make an impact and serve the world the way they're designed to serve the world. And maybe that's creating art and that's how they serve the world. It's It's for them and it's for the people who get to see their heart, their art hung on the wall, right? It -hmm. doesn't matter how you're called to serve the world. But when you have a focus on serving others, especially as believers, you know, helping hearted servant hearted believers, when we have that, it brings so much more fulfillment to your life. It, you know, it kind of brings that, like, it's okay to have focus on yourself and, and finding your passion and doing your work. But when you cross it with meeting needs of other people who need what you carry and you capture that there's something that's much more wholehearted about it all. It's holistic. And you, you holistic. feel like
1: there we go. Yeah, I'm really bringing the word. kingdom
0: of heaven to earth by doing what I'm designed to do mm-hmm. and letting you somehow benefit from it. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, Bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth, not just to benefit me, but to benefit all the people in my spheres of influence, you know? So when I do that, when you tap into it, it's this sweet spot of like, yes, doing what I'm made to do for me, that's life coaching. I know a lot of my listeners are life coaches or some, you know, in any niche, maybe they're business focused, health focused, whatever it is. But when they bring those things together, when they dovetail that purpose and passion, meeting the needs of the world around them, there's something really beautiful that happens. Um, And it sounds like you've found that spot. After everything that you've done, what film and seminary and pastoring and military and marriage and fatherhood, five kids, like you've got your podcast and your coaching and your counseling, and (laughs) you just obviously keep going after all the things that are in your heart that you think will Bring the kingdom of heaven to earth.
1: <laughs> you know what? I, I love the way you said that, bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. And I I just, I want to be an encouragement here to anybody who might be in my spot. I'm about to be 47 years old and I feel like I'm just figuring it out.
0: I've Amen. been pursuing
1: so many things, right? In in life for, for so long. and But I f- I feel like I'm just figuring out how it all comes together. And it's still fulfilling. Like I'm tempted to have that sense sometimes of, Oh my gosh! I should have done more. It's so late. I've, I feel I should be ashamed, right? I feel guilty for what I haven't done, and I haven't been a better steward. I haven't been a better son. Those kind of things, right? But um, just the encouragement that that is not that's not the whisper of our heavenly Father in our ear, right? And He will use us whenever. And in fact, there's a there's a parable in the Scripture of the workers who come at the very end, and they get the same treatment and the same reward. I want to be careful with that word and that idea. I'm just using it in the parable sense as those who have been working the whole time. God, God has a design and a plan and there's no plan B with God. He doesn't need a second plan because we screwed up his first plan. So whatever's going on is part of his plan and just feel good that you're, you're falling into that. Right. But I love your idea too. What you said about fulfillment. If I can real quick, do I have time to say something about that? Just the idea that so many people out there are, pursuing and are being coached to pursue a goal that has nothing to do with God's kingdom, greater, you know, anything outside of themselves. And I I truly believe that we can see throughout history, even in our daily news nowadays, that people who are pursuing personal goals, it will never satisfy. It will never be enough. The great uh, conundrum of the already and the not yet for us who are Christians is that when we are pursuing God's purpose for us, it will always be fulfilling and satisfying, but it will still never be enough. It's an awesome thing to be caught up in the middle of. And so when you talk about that, yeah, doing your thing, finding your thing and doing it, it's almost like we'll never run out. Like we'll never run out of ideas or things or work to be done. Sometimes we might have to change. Like I need to go a different direction this. I'm, I'm a little bit bored here or, or whatever. I don't know what the experience is, Yeah, but it doesn't run out for us.
0: It doesn't. You're fully satisfied and completely thirsty.
1: Yes, that's
0: great. <laughs> I'm desperately thirsty and yeah. totally satisfied and joyful about what I have. Like it is, I love what you said, the the great conundrum.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because it's a mystery how that's possible, right? Right. Yeah. And part of it is like that difference between our spirit and our soul. Our spirit is completely satisfied in him, but our soul is desperately thirsty. And in that redemptive process that we're going through. It's like, please, 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 I need more, you know? And I love that life coaching helps actually become part of that satisfying process when you get to work with a client and connect them to God's will and purpose for their life. Like how God, like you said, his practical wisdom coming and, and intersecting in coaching, with somebody, how you can help them understand that God has given practical wisdom and kind of help unfold that for them, uncover and help them say, Oh, like I am being discipled literally. And in this moment, I'm being discipled at the same time. I'm, you know, doing things that look like setting Mm -hmm. goals and, you know, strategizing all the things that look very coaching, but at the same time, really tapping into abundant life when we're talking about the Christian life coaching space. Okay. So that wraps up part one of this conversation. Make sure you check out the next episode because it gets really good. I so appreciate you as a listener. And if you're looking for a community of like-hearted believers who love all things coaching, be sure to jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group. Do you think you might be called to become a certified Sterling and stone life coach? We'll learn more about the greenhouse course where you can get trained in just 10 weeks to start building the foundation of your coaching practice. All the links you need are in the show notes. Happy story making.